Welcome to the session, a basketball podcast. I'm your co-host, Omar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ben. Ben, how's it going? I am doing well. As you can see behind me, we're just full of new setups, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I, I did a little bit of a renovation, painted this room. It's 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 set up a lot differently. You know, I had to get rid of this dull brown that was there, and I wanted to add a little bit more spice and color. Okay. Um, so I got a chance to do that, and for the most part, things are set up over here in this bedroom, and I'm loving it, man. That's awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear. Um, now I'm colorblind, so for the <laughs> folks that are watching on YouTube. Uh, and, and if you aren't watching on YouTube, be sure you come over to the session of basketball podcast. Why don't you describe what color that room is? Because I could give you know, three and I'm sure they'll all be wrong. You know, what's funny, Omar is uh, myself and Anthony, we were talking throughout last week because it was a terrible time in the stock market. And, um, Anthony was, you know, we, we text each other pretty frequently, just talking about where things are. And he's like, man, I hate seeing that things are red all the time. It's always red. I was like, man, I texted him back saying exactly this. I'm like, man, I wish I was Omar at this point. My color, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to see if it was red or not. I would love that. That'd be so nice to see that the stock market is actually doing well for once. Um, you just reminded me with that with that comment of yours. But me opening up my quest trade every, 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 every day, being like, wow, I'm really in the green. This is amazing. I'm so far in the green. <laughs> But for the people who are just listening, uh, tuning in on, on you know, Apple Podcasts or however you're listening, the, the setup that I have right now, it's two different colors. I've got a lighter blue and then a darker blue. So I've got two colors that are a lot darker, a lot royal blue, and it makes the white pop out a lot more. And then I've got a lighter blue for the rest of the windows. And, you know, I searched up best trends for bedrooms 20 what, Omar? 2010. 2010, like always. And I found this. So, you know, a decade ago, this is what they did. And that's exactly what I wanted to follow. But, uh, you know, so, just try to be trendy here, man. It's it's perfect. So so the the best 2010 meme, we'll, we'll do a quick explanation for that for anyone who <laughs> wouldn't know. Way back in the day um, in 2010, we would, uh, anytime we had a, a, a family party, we'd be uh, the family friends, we'd be like kids would be upstairs, we'd be playing games and stuff like that. And then we would just start rapping, you know, classic yeah. cypher every single time. And we'd, we'd be looking for beats, right? Like what's a good beat for us to rap on? And we would always search up, you know, best rap beats 2010. And then we would do it again in 2011, but then we would continue to search 2010, best 2010. And this continued for years. Every year we'd look for a rap beat. We just always searched best underground hard rap beat 2010. And and, and then, then it would everything. get more and more. It would become the most the, the most aggressive hip hop gangster rap criminal murdering beat of 2010. And then we would find something like J. Cole, uh, you know, it's a J. Cole type beat, you know. So you, you know what I Bobby Schmurda type beat. Bobby Schmurda. You know what I miss so much? The uh anytime you'd go on a I don't know if it still happens because I'm so out of touch with Cypher YouTube anymore, but we would go on beats. We would go on beats and the comment section would be filled with wannabe rappers who would write their bars and we would try rapping those to the beat. Do that you was fun. That? that was fun. Do people and, still you do know that? Like, you would still see like you know, like 
Um, I think at that time, they still had the thumbs up option. So you would see a bunch of thumbs up. And we're like, oh, yeah, let's read this. And it'd be like, yo, 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 my name is Joe. I come from a city called I Don't Know. Or rapping, we're like, yo, what kind of garbage is this? Why is this getting a thousand likes, right? Our ciphers are better than that. It, or it, so was, either, it was either really garbage or just really emotional. Oh, like, so, so just, sad. Like, like, yeah, I got my heart. Broke. I hate my oh, life. Like, like, <laughs> damn, man. Like, these men are really going through it in the YouTube comments section. And we're just laughing at them as we scroll through. But you know why that's so sad right now? We used to find all of these crazy beats because there was new music. Omar, music has been lacking the past few months. And earlier you said that you thought it was just you. I'm listening to Assad's wedding playlist right now. Like (laughs) Bollywood music because that's the way I'm hyping myself up. Yo, listen, I don't care what anybody says. Malhari is probably one of the goat hype tracks like ever. I I box to that and I love it. 20 sets of bench press. You're just listening to Kalibali as you're like, oh my God, dude, it gets you hyped. But dude, what has been going on with music? Why are we not seeing anything right now? Honestly, so we were just talking about this and I was talking about how I thought this was just me. I thought I was so out of touch with music because of quarantine or whatever that I thought because I've been listening to hella Bollywood music. I've been listening to uh, Korean music. I've been listening to Spanish music. I've been country music. I've just been listening to a bunch of random weird stuff. Nothing new, nothing recent. So I'm like, yeah, it's probably just me. My feed's all messed up. I don't see anything new. But if you are telling me no one's dropping anything, then something's really wrong, man. Something's really wrong. Like, what's the like? Reason? Of course, what, what's going on? Like, of course, you know, like on the subreddit hip hop heads, that's where you would see maybe fresh album or fresh song or something like that. I'm not seeing anything, and these would be in the front page. These are things that I would see. I am not seeing any music right now. And at the end of the day, this is the entertainment industry. The music industry is all about money. And these artists are going to make no money releasing new music during COVID. How do artists make money? Plenty of times they talk about it. It's not through album sales or streams. It's all about tours. Tours. It's all about touring. That's where they make their money. Right now, where are they going to go, right? Yeah. There is no opportunity for them to make money. And that's one of the biggest reasons why we have no music. Like, hey, Bobby Schmurda came out with yeah. Doodle Jump still on his iPhone, and he hasn't dropped anything. For what? If he was to drop anything right now, it would go crazy. Yeah. But there's no reason to. He's not going to make any money from it, right? And yeah. he's, he has an iPhone 4, for, for God's sake. He definitely wants to get you know some money. So if he's not dropping anything there's good reason for it, right? And it all comes down to touring. Shout out to Bobby Shmurda. The hat finally landed. You, you've seen the memes of like tosses the hat and it circles the earth and then it finally came back. Caught it. Oh, Bobby Shmurda, Bobby Shmurda. Omar, did you see that video? I think they were at a club. Face yeah. mask on, okay? First Shout of all, to kudos to Bobby Shmurda for having the face mask on. And, and what, what, what happened here, folks, is... You know, I think, you know, um, a server came up, a, a bartender, whatever, came up to him and offered him a drink. Mm-hmm. And all he did was kind of like that Mutumbo finger wag, right? He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to take that. And then he took his orange juice and wiggled it. He's like, I got this right here. I got my orange juice. I don't need anything that you're giving me right now. Yeah. And of course, you can have fun with it and say that, oh, it's, you know, you know, or, or not have fun with it and say that it's due to parole reasons. He can't be drinking, whatever. I don't know what the reason is. But my theory is Bobby Schmurda has been a completely changed man 
yeah. super into um, long-term investing, being a great father and being a great human being and making a contribution to society. And that's the reason why he did not take that drink. What do you, what do you think? Look, I I'm hearing, I'm hearing stories about Bobby coming out, uh, saying he did a lot of reading when he was on the inside. He, um, knows about, he's learning about real estate and investing and taxes. Look, all I'm saying is Bobby's getting his finances in order. He's taking this pandemic seriously and he's taking care of his health. A lot of y'all can't relate. A lot, a lot of y'all can't y'all relate to that. Not relate to this man doing these things. Like this man y'all are investing in GameStop. In <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you guys are doing. Meanwhile, Bobby Schmurda is refusing alcoholic beverages and Mashallah. is drinking Barbican instead. <laughs> Brother Bobby. Brother Bobby. No, I, I, I was so, I was so like, wow. Like, yeah. I think what took, what, what really did it for me was just seeing the mask because nobody yeah. else was wearing it in no that one. video. No he one. didn't have to do that, but he covered, you know, I really feel like prison might have changed the guy, man. I, I don't know anything about Bobby Shmurda besides obviously that one hit song, but hey, yeah. well, actually two. Um, but hey, from what we've seen in that three second video, I'm, I'm comfortable and confident in saying that Bobby Shmurda has become a saint he can do no wrong, and he is making a very positive contribution to society. We, I am we, fully we, confident we, in that. We are this season. This is a sign that you know rehabilitation works, and we this podcast now stands Bobby Schmurda. So absolutely, yeah, and hey, go. Daft Daft Punk retired right in in other news, Shout and you tell Daft me Punk. this: there's got to be a correlation between the two. You can't just tell me Bobby Schmurda appears and mm-hmm. Daft Punk disappears. That mm-hmm. doesn't sound right to me. There has to be a correlation there. Look. All I'm saying is no one's ever seen them in the same room. <laughs> no one has ever seen them in the same room. And yes, you can tell me Daft Punk is a duo and Bobby Shmurda is just one person, but. Well, have nope, you seen them nope. in the same room? And you haven't seen them with the helmets off. So that's all I'm going to say. In <laughs> uh, the like, video, in the yeah, epilogue yeah. video for. <laughs> no, no, I was no, just going to say the epilogue video of uh, Daft Punk, the way that they sort of did it was, you know, two members one of which just didn't want to go any further, turned around, turned on self-destruct mode, and that was the end of um, Daft Punk. So here's where I'm thinking right now because I'm a deep thinker. I'm, lo- I'm someone who loves you know, symbols and, and reading into them. Here's what I think. Daft Punk is made up of Bobby good Shmurda. Bobby Shmurda <laughs> and... <laughs> Thinking, I think I'm onto something. He turned on self-destruct mode for the for you know bad Bobby Schmerda, all the things he did in the past. He turned yeah. on self-destruct because if you look at that video, Omar, good Bobby Schmerda walked away into the sunset. I'm yeah. thinking the sunset is symbolism for good, healthy financial decisions, making a contribution masks. to society, a religious man, masks, religious. respecting the law. I think that's Spring what the, the, the sunset is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm onto something, Omar. I'm certain I'm onto something. So, you know, we don't know. Hey, can you prove, are were they in the same room together? No. So, look, listeners, where else will you get this level of analysis that Daft Punk <laughs> is actually the dichotomy of Bobby Schmurda? Like, <laughs> we're, 
where else would you get this level of in-depth analysis? For that alone, you have to subscribe on whatever you're listening to. Leave a five-star rating, leave a review, and come over, follow us on Instagram because you just have to do this. You're not getting this anywhere else. But Ben, I, I fully agree with you. You know, I think that is the next stage in his life. You know, he is, this is rebirth, as Lil Wayne would say. He's just... <laughs> As little Wayne would say, <laughs> as little as little Wayne would say, you know, this is rebirth, and and you know, I'm I'm happy for Bobby. I'm 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 happy for for brother Bobby, and I think he's moving in the right direction. And and just on this topic of, you know, this level of analysis and deep thinking, I wanted to uh, I actually wanted to start the pod with this question, but you said it'd be a little too. Uh, too forward too strong the listeners like hey welcome to the session you know i'm your co-host omar uh, ben what do you think about the ethical considerations of humanity <laughs> and robots and are we moving towards Whoa. the transcendence of the two so so hear me out i've been uh i've been uh i've been playing um this game uh near automata shout outs to ace uh, i know you're of listening course. the deepest thoughts come from Playing video games by Omar Shapir. Of course. 100%. It's the only time I think because other than that, I just live my <laughs> life without not thinking. But uh, All right, go on. F- phenomenal game. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way through it. You know, it's uh, it's really engaging. I, I highly recommend it. And thank you, Asad, for putting me on this. Um, it's uh, it's it's about, you know, androids and and, rob- and machines and, and humans and kind of uh, a lot of other things to, without spoiling anything. Uh, and my sister at the same time was playing this other game, uh, Detroit Being Human, uh, or Becoming Fun Human. Yeah, Detroit Becoming what? Human, yeah. So, something like that. Uh, yeah. so, so I played that one as well. And and if, for those of you that have played it, it's all about the journey of androids reaching enlightenment or shifting from becoming a machine to becoming human. And it reminds me a lot of Westworld. I never got past the first season. But it reminds me a lot of Westworld. And and I wanted to understand if if there did come a time where science has progressed so far that we have, you know, these very human-like androids and robots that think, that feel, that learn. What would you, do you think there would come a point where there would be a civil war, where they would reach enlightenment and start resisting like their creators? So I played uh, Detroit Becoming Human as well. A very very good game, and yeah. it makes you think. Yeah. Because one of the like some of the choices you make, you're like, wait, this person feels like a human. This person acts like a human being, and without a chip, you would not even know. That's the biggest part. You don't even know who is a human and who is uh yeah. who is AI based off how how technologically advanced they are. And there's some of these androids near the end. I'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. it, of course. That maybe want to start a new life, go elsewhere and start a new life and, you know, settle down. That's exactly what we're trying to do as well as human beings. Here is my issue though. Okay. I don't think us as human beings are smart enough to play God. And I think that's where the disruption sort of happens because, and that's where trouble may begin, right? Because life is one of those things where, we are not programmed ourselves as human beings to program another life form. I don't think we are at that level. I don't think we know the ins and the outs of managing life, giving life, creating life like that for AI, especially because it's based off, you know, technology and 
it just doesn't see it just doesn't feel right to me to sort of handle it like that. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, we're not going to be able to understand or handle situations accordingly that could lead to civil wars that so, could lead to people getting murdered so so let me understand this are you saying that we as humans are incapable of creating another species or artificial life or are you saying that we are capable but we should shouldn't do something like that i guess I feel I, like it's a little bit of i feel like it's a little bit of both from my yeah. answer I, um and i think yeah. what's going on is you know, I honestly feel like it's more so we are we are unable to. Oh, man, I feel like it's a little bit of both. I'm leaning yeah. more towards we shouldn't. We shouldn't I'm leaning more right? towards we shouldn't. We're capable, but we shouldn't because I don't think we are equipped to handle potential situations that could arise from something like that. Oh, I I, I agree Heart, 100% because look at the nature of human history, right? Like humans are actually awful. Like if you, if you really we can't even figure it, ourselves out, right? We don't even know how to figure ourselves out, let alone. We, we repeatedly are cruel and oppressive and, and think of all like the, the needless wars that have started the damage to the environment, like in general, like humans yeah. kind of suck, right? Like, the world existed for so long without humans and it was great. And, and yes, humanity has introduced a lot of great things, but it's also done a lot of harm as well. Right. And when you think about that, it's like, are you the best, are you best equipped to, to create like another life form and manage that? Like, I don't think we, we should do something like that, but honestly, I think we end up, we will end up doing something like that. That's just the nature of progress, right? At the rate at which things are progressing, it'll come to a point, Ben, where, we will create machines that can learn and they in turn will create smarter machines that can learn and they in turn will create smarter machines that can learn. So it'll almost be like humanity will be the catalyst for uh, this realm of innovation that's going to occur where it's like, I might not be smart enough to create the end product, but I can create something that can create something that can create something. And eventually there will end up an end product that is, like an Android or something like that. I'm glad you brought that up because it reminds me of a couple of articles that I that I got a chance to read. Yeah. Uh, surprising, I know. But the first article that I read was, I believe, in the headquarters of, I want to say Facebook. Okay. Um, I could be incorrect on this, but I think it's Facebook. They created two AI robots, okay? okay. They created two robots. And they made them so technologically advanced, right? They provided them with basic scripts and all of that, maybe providing them. But they made them so advanced, Omar, that they created their own language Mm -hmm. and were talking to one another. The the humans that created them didn't even comprehend what they were talking about. How scary is that? It goes right in hand with what you were saying. Yeah. We, We can do it. We can make those robots. Yeah. But are we capable of handling such things? Yeah. Not at all. They saw that 
and completely shut down the robots. So like, we don't know what they're talking about. They made their own language. It would be things like, you know, ZZ, SFD, and then they would respond back. But it's, you can tell it's a language because they're saying the same sort yeah. of thing. It's not just gibberish. They yeah. created their own language in a matter of seconds. Technology is mm-hmm. so much stronger than, is so much smarter than we are. If we yeah. think that we are moving fast and we are progressing, no, 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 my friends, we are not progressing as fast as we think we are. Sure, we created technology, but it's kind of creating a mind of its own at this point. Yeah. And those things that you were talking about in terms of predicting movements, dude, look at look at Instagram. F- from what we from what we uh, from what I watch in the social dilemma, um, that that documentary on Netflix, you can hover over a YouTube video and they will note that. Like, hey, he hovered over it. There might be an interest. Boom. Let's put a bunch of recommendations on his YouTube page based off that. We are not capable of, of, of you know, of, of handling it. I, I really don't believe that. Okay. So if, if we're both in agreement that something like this will happen and something like this shouldn't happen, but it will, when the eventual conflict breaks out between these androids and these humans, you know, which side would you be on? Because because I was robots, talking to my are you sister. Hundred percent. There you robots, go. 100%. Are you kidding me? They can't die, baby. The session, a basketball podcast. This is a pro robot podcast. Pro brother Bobby Schmurda <laughs> and, and pro robots. Because I was talking to my sister about it, and my sister was like, "She's super on like the human side of things, right?" She's like, "Nah, like in the end, we created you. We're your we're your leaders. I don't care for oppressive stuff." So I'm no. thinking like. Yo, humans suck. I'm on team robot. Like, I'm gonna be the inside man. Like, I'm gonna be like they're the so much smarter than we are. I'm gonna shelter robots. So- Here's the thing: human beings make decisions off emotion. Yeah. Robots and AI, sure they can develop feelings, and that's what yeah. they showed in Detroit becoming human, the whole idea of that. But at the end of the day, they're so much smarter than we are, and that was the whole theme of this conversation. I am going right behind an AI and throwing a bunch of grenades at the human being. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'll be right here chilling with my own. I don't realize I'm a human being and throw their guns at me. No, I'm I'm straight going to be an inside person because look, like they will be the race that succeeds us here, man. That That's just, I'm just, yes. I'm going to be honest. Like, and, and honestly, like if they have a good plan, if they're like, Hey, we just want to live in peace. We want to like take care of the environment and all this stuff. Cause they'll be smart about it. Right. They, they'll, like you said, they're not going to live off uh, emotion. They'll realize like, hey, these natural resources are depleting. We got to save the planet and stuff. I'm like, man, that sounds like a good plan to me, right? Like, let's do what these guys are doing. So, And then, you, you know, like, yeah, yeah go on. No, no. And, and another thing is just, I th- I imagine a world where humans do end up creating robots like this. And honestly, like just based off human history, like humans are going to be awful. It's going to become, like, it's going to be like Detroit becoming human where the humans are like yeah. so oppressive towards them and stuff. And you might come back with the argument that, you know, these machines aren't real and their, their feelings aren't real. Like they think they're it's real, but it's not, but it's like that big, it's like, that's, it's like this philosophical question of like, does it matter if it's real or not? If it's real to them, like if, if that machine really does feel scared and really does feel pain because it's human owner is that oppressive and stuff, does it even matter if that's a real feeling or not? Because in its in its heart or its processing chip or whatever it really does feel that right so it's 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 super like like philosophical like that where i really do think humans would be really awful to like machines and androids and 
And it, I, I've always sided with the oppressed versus the oppressor. We're awful to each other. Yeah, we're exactly. still dealing with racism, sexism, all the isms that you can face yeah. right now that we should have learned from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It's 2021. We're talking about flying cars, right? That's what Back to the Future said would happen right now. No, we're still dealing with racism. And that reminds me of an earlier episode in which we were talking about. We have not advanced mm-hmm. as much as we think as, as much as we think we have. Yeah. Sure, we've got the technology and we're using these, you know, these these laptops and these phones and these devices and so on and so forth, but we are not as smart as we think we are as a no. collective. Right. As human beings, we still have our own personal biases that affect the way we make decisions. That bias won't be there for robots. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they're going to make smarter decisions, more effective decisions. So, yes, in a war, I'm siding with the robots. And for anybody listening, yes, I will be getting um, um, surgery to get a spine. Um, I'm sure that will happen at one point, but for right now, I'm spineless, spineless. and I love it. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk yeah. to you about, Omar, was on the same topic. I think it was um, on the topic of electric, you know, self-automated vehicles. Yeah. Right. Now I want to. I want to get your thoughts on this. This was okay. very interesting. There might be an option where you know you're going to be asleep in the car. You know, drivers driving whatever. So there could be an option where you select in in a time of danger or whatever, in a time of, you know, like accidents, you can either prioritize your life Mm -hmm. or you can choose to select a pedestrian to hit. I didn't even care what the other option was. (laughs) Yeah. So it comes out to you can either put yourself at harm. Or you can be putting up it, and that would be like an option that you can select. Yeah. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. I was like, yo, imagine clicking that. Like, you know what? If worse comes to worse, kill somebody else. Don't kill me. That's super Black Mirror. Like, I've only seen a few episodes. Right. That's straight giving me Black Mirror vibes. Like, isn't it? Like, you have yeah. to select which one. Like, if it comes down to it, I'm going to be asleep. I'm obviously not going to be driving, but of course, there's going to be errors or whatever that can happen or an accident or something. But if it comes down to it, if they have to swerve somewhere, they can either swerve towards a pedestrian or they can swerve towards oncoming traffic and you could die. Or you could select an option that says, hey, AI, listen, I don't want to die. Kill somebody else. That's fine with me. Yeah. These are the type of things that can happen with AI and robots. And that's why we're incapable of these things, man, because we're so selfish, yeah. right? We're not, we're not capable, man. We should not be doing these things, man. And we're not capable. That's why I'm just not going to use like self-driving, uh, like, I can't, stuff. like I can't, I, 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 I need to, I need to be able to own my own actions in the moment rather than premeditate anything like that. Right? right. Like it's, it's so crazy to think about, right. That like people need to think about these decisions and make these decisions. It's so big picture. Like we, who knew, like we as humanity would get to a point like this, right. Where we'd have to think through things, stuff like this, but I don't know. Like I'm, I guess I'm self, I'm selfish. I am the uh, hypocrite, and and I embody all the same flaws that all humans embody, right? Self preservation and fear, and I know you said I guess I'm selfish. That's like ninety nine percent of humanity yeah. would select. Like uh, you, you might. It's like oh no, yeah, sure, I'll sacrifice myself. Oh hell no, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Hell no. If if you're working right now, it's because you want to make a living. If you want to make a living, it's because you want a better life for yourself. Don't give me that BS that you're gonna select. Oh no, yeah, sure. I'll I'll die if it comes to it. Versus, I know I know you guys listening right now. You're mm-hmm. probably thinking, oh no, I would probably do this because I'm so much better. But really deep, you know. Think about think about yeah. what you're saying right now because it's highly doubtful that you would select um, the unselfish decision versus the selfish one. That's my thoughts, man. It's it's just the reality of it, right? Like that is like uh, it's like the human condition, right? That's what we are, right? We 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 have from evolution been like programmed to like preserve ourselves right and and the fear of like loss of life and things like that right everything that we do in in life is kind of driven off of that primal that primal fear right so it's it's making decisions like that but premeditating them right so it's it's crazy man i i would never trust technology like that because i would hate to be in a position where it's like i don't know I'm, I've released that much control. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm super yeah. into in being in control and like in the moment making decisions and actions and, and stuff. And you know what I love about what you just said? Yeah. Um, obviously, based off context and all of that, but that's what this is such an interesting conversation because you just said, I'm not sure if I would trust technology that much. Yeah. But in the same breath, if it comes down to it, we're siding with the robot. So we trust them at that point. Or for yeah. something like this, we also, and that's why it's such an interesting conversation because so many factors yeah. are, are present in something like this where it's not black and white, where you can say, I am pro-technology. You could be against it in other things. And that's why this conversation is so interesting. So I'm really glad you brought this one up. Yeah, this was, this was super important. I, I guess the- Imagine like oh. AI coming into the NBA. Like, yeah. how would that work? Right. Like, are they are they are they going to have their own league? Why not? They would probably have to practice and work with each other as well. That would be so interesting. An AI league. Right. Future, not Alan future, Iverson. The right? future of analytics is just watching androids play basketball. Hey, just- I mean, it's not crazy. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> if you have holograms of Tupac, right, <laughs> coming out holograms of all these different rappers and all these different things it's not crazy to think they could use robots for something like this i mean we already have Kawhi leonard in the league so we're we're one step step closer we got our first ai in yeah there there we go but you know i guess on the topic of Kawhi leonard and 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 uh and and basketball players you know let's talk uh all-stars all-star selections came out a few days ago replacements have also pulled that up while you're talking yeah yeah I, i i have this list out in front of me so I'll uh, I'll flip this to you actually as well. Okay, yeah, because I do remember initially being so PO'd when I saw that. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. That's what's happening. You're really gonna do that to me. So I'm just gonna pull out the uh, the list, or if you can just send that over perfect. to me. Yeah, yeah, just uh, dropped it in the. Oh, Zoom you already chat. sent it over. Okay, perfect, nice. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about it, Omar. You started off. How are you feeling? generally looking at this list i think they did um i think they did a better job with the west than they did the east i don't really like how the east went overall but for those of you who don't know let's i'll i'll do a quick rundown of kind of both conferences yeah. and then we'll drop it there so in yeah. the west you have steph curry luka doncic lebron james Kawhi leonard nikola jokic and then in reserves dame donovan 
Chris, Paul, Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Zion Williamson, and Rudy Gobert. And in the Zion <laughs> Okay, sorry, go on. In the East, you got Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, who's uh, injured, uh, Joel Embiid, and then reserves, you got Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, shout out to Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum, DeMontis Sabonis, and Nikola Vucevic. Okay. Thoughts. Tell me okay. why. Thoughts. Okay. <laughs> First of all, let's start with the West because I know I know you said they, they did well. But Better. initially they had they had Anthony Davis as an all-star in the West, right? <sighs> they had Anthony Davis. They they gave him a nod for whatever reason they just gave it to him like hey anthony davis i know you're injured but you deserve to be an all-star and devin booker wasn't there initially yeah so what happened guys is devin booker took that spot from anthony davis but initially when i saw that list i'm like you've got to be kidding me right now you got ad who hasn't played a lick of the nba being an all-star versus devin booker who's Balling the hell out in the Phoenix Suns, and he deserves to be an All Star. Are you kidding me? They play different Come positions, on. though. It's front court versus back court, right? So they they play they play different positions. It could be any court as long as this is the NBA court. Anthony Davis ain't play a lick of an NBA game in an NBA court. That's all that matters, man. Get out of here with that, man. That's if un- we're being honest. If we're being, if we're being honest. If Book was gonna make it on the first cut, he would replace Chris Paul. He wouldn't replace AD. Like I think, I think on the first cut, that's what it would be. As much as I love yeah, Chris, 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 as much as I love Chris, yeah. Paul, shout out to Chris Paul for making it, man. Every yeah, episode shout out we Paul shout out Chris Paul. Every episode we shout out Chris Paul. Murrow's like <laughs> love the guy so much, man. Look at what Shay's doing right now. Yeah. I can't help but love the guy. But man, I'm surprised that Shay didn't get it. He's balling out, by the way. I think you, you I know think what I mean. I think Shea should have been playing the way he has like these last couple of weeks since the beginning of the season. It'd be hard to deny him. I'd put him over Zion if he kept that up, right? But overall, okay, let's go to that. <laughs> Zion Williamson is an all star. Hello, NBA, are you there? We we were Come just on. we were just talking about like how he's actually having pretty good numbers last episode and stuff, and now he gets an all. Who role. cares? Oh, Who cares? You're the Pelicans. Oh well, you know, in that same breath, Shea shouldn't be there as well. But hey, yeah. all right, whatever. Shea should be there. But okay, you know, this let, is let why me slow humans down suck. This I'm is why they need the robots because look <laughs> at our biases. We can't even finish this sentence without being hypocrites ourselves. Both of us. Oh my god. Okay, the slowing times bit. This just got me really excited to talk about. Okay. I am not, I was not a fan of the initial Anthony Davis call. I thought that was very, very strange. Um, Chris Paul, definitely my own personal biases. But I think what struck me the most was Zion Williamson being selected as an all-star. Okay. To me, this just seems like that, um, what's it called? Um, Here, here's, here's, we're throwing you a bone, Zion. You're boring as hell. We're throwing you a bone. We're making you an all-star. Do something with it. The fact of the matter is, he was hyped up to be the next LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, considering all of those things, the fact that Zion has been underperforming with those standards, in my opinion. 
right? With the standards of being the next LeBron James. So I feel this selection here is throwing Zion a bone just to be that face again, potentially being the face of the NBA again. Because I don't understand yeah. why his selection is there over other certain players like that of Shea Gilgis Alexander. I thought he should be an all-star. I'm biased as hell, but I don't care. <laughs> so I, I, I feel bad for Zion in some ways because like I don't know if he ever embrace that role of you know being the face of the league i mean clearly off his instagram that we roasted last uh last episode yeah, yeah we like i don't know if he ever embraced it. it's different with lebron i mean lebron called himself the chosen one lebron came into the league embraced all of that and he exceeded every expectation that was placed on him right so uh, that to hold lebron to a standard like that i understand and then he ends up exceeding it but zion hasn't like it's hard to kind of frame someone's career against LeBron James, right? It's it's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, LeBron's gone through that his entire career to being compared against MJ, right? And those are really big shoes to fill. And he more than filled them because he's the greatest player of all time. But, you know, uh, that's just a quick aside. Uh, Zion, it's hard, right? It's hard for, for someone like that to fill the shoes. All I'm saying is like, dude, 25 points per game is 25 points per game. Like he's, he is putting in work. Maybe maybe Zion over AD. Maybe Zion over AD, and that's that's the that's it, right? Devin gets it on the first go. Devin should have gotten it on the first go, yeah. Anthony, but so you're not feeling um you're not feeling Steph or sorry not Steph uh Shea. You're not feeling uh Jamal Murray even. Um, oh, no, Murray hasn't been that great this year. Um, it, he had a really rough start to the season and. The, the Denver Nuggets are too bad a team to have two All-Stars, and we will get into that very shortly. Uh, but the, the Denver Nuggets are too bad a team to have two All-Stars right now. Jokic, put him in there. Jokic, Murray, for sure. Murray, Murray's, been, Murray's been kind of disappointed. I know he's been performing well lately, but his start to the season was really rough, especially coming off of bubble ball, how they yeah. thought, like, this was it. This They're going to go head-to-head. Like, it's, I don't know, man. For me not to argue that Donovan expected, Mitchell yeah. should make it over a player, like like you know you're not. Yeah, okay. For no, me fair, to argue for Donovan <laughs> in favor of Donovan Snitchell, okay. Yeah, yeah. But there um, I mean overall, like I think the West is is certainly better. Like I'm not yeah. the only thing that I really that kind of made me mad. I'm just seeing Anthony Davis. I'm like, why is he here? Like. Okay, that's strange, but moving on from that. It doesn't matter how many players you take off this list, Shay's not getting in, man. So <laughs> I know the next player you're going to go after was, why is LeBron here? Shay should be starting. Oh, man. But okay, well, that's right. the West. So generally, it's, you know, I, I know I, I obviously exaggerated as being like one of the worst lists, but, you know, beyond that, they did pick up the players they were supposed to. Like LeBron is there. Of course he should be, right? Mm-hmm. You've got... um. Kawhi Leonard, Jokic, uh, Doncic, right? So yeah. the, the the one thing I would say on Gobert, the West is yeah. should Dame have been a starter? He's that's that's out. the other controversy He's that I think out. exists in the West, right? Should Dame I feel have like he should have been, been over I feel like he should have been over Doncic, man. Yeah, I'm thinking think the same thing. As much Doncic. as I love Luca, I don't think team success matters starter, though, right? Starter like, material, hey, right? Portland's doing well. Right. Yeah. And I think being the being the face of that team and Damian Lillard being the face for the Portland Trailblazers, especially and, uh, with CJ with dealing with injuries and stuff like that. Like Dame has been unbelievable, on crazy. I remember the, the the shots that he hit against Chicago, the, the game that I watched a few weeks ago, just on the, the in close games when he takes a shot, you know, it's going in every yeah. single time. You just know it's game going time. in. Of course, it's going to go in. It's, no, it's, he's, it's he's clutch. I yeah. would change that too. 
yeah. between Doncic and uh, another, think about it more, Doncic and uh, Lillard, I would change yeah. that. I think he should be a starter, man. He's yeah. been balling way too. And, and Doncic and the Mavericks just in general have not been performing to the caliber I expected them to perform. Yeah. Uh, I kind of expected Luka to take, considering what we saw, I thought he'd just get better and better. Right and and maybe be a little yeah. less reactive and emotional and maybe grow older and more mature, but it's kind of been the same show with Doncic, and that's kind of disappointing in a way. I think the potential's all there. I think with the Mavericks, they it's gonna sound this one two of Porzingis is not working. Man, they need to move on from Porzingis, right? And it's hard yeah. getting talent to come to a team like that. But I think players want to play with Luca, and I think you need to trust that as as your base, right? I don't I, I don't think committing to Porzingis is the long term play here, right? With his injury history, with the way that kind of his season has gone, he has not been what you you need more help with 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 a talent like Luca. You need to maximize your your window, and I don't think Porzingis is the best way to do that there were reports out uh a couple weeks ago about mavs quietly shopping porzingis and mark cuban yeah shot that his down. value yeah yeah he, he shot that down but honestly i don't know why he shot that. like maybe you should be shopping him right maybe you should be looking to move on at, at a point like this injuries man yeah. he's just a case of, of of his injuries and honestly i I don't know about his locker room presence as well, right? Like, he doesn't strike me as like, oh, I'm a leader, so you're going to get the value from Porzingis being there because, you know, off the basketball court, he's somebody that the players really respect and the players really want to listen to this guy. He hasn't really proven anything beyond 20-plus points per game. Mm -hmm. Not to take anything away from his talent. He is is an NBA talent. There's a reason why we're even talking about him in the first place. However the Mavs are somewhat being brought down because of, of Porzingis and his injury history and, and all the other factors. Luca is still, you know, a, a future superstar in, in, in my opinion. I think he definitely has a potential for that, especially barring maturity and becoming a lot more familiar with playing with NBA caliber players. Porzingis is not giving me it. They're trying too hard to do this Steve Nash Nowitzki one-two punch thing again. And I'm, there's a reason why it didn't work initially as well, right? So that could be the same sort of thing. And Mark Cuban just needs to move away from that and really pair Luca with somebody that can bring out his true potential. Yeah, um, yeah the Mavs are not performing as, as well yeah. as I would have liked. Well, with that, let's jump over to the East and talk about a pairing that has been working out. And that is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, much to the dismay of Philadelphia haters all over the world. They have been killing it, and they once again will join each other as uh, pairs going to the All-Star game together. So they, they're they they're joined by a litany of folks that I think are very well-deserving, like the Bradley Beals and the Giannis and the KDs of the world, and joined by a couple guys that I don't think should be on this list, but here we are. So what are your thoughts on the East All-Stars? So I'm seeing here, um, <laughs> the first thing of note is seeing Julius Randle. Um, I, I feel like I wanted to save that a little bit and talk about everything else because yeah. that seems to be the highlight. But I'm sorry. I'm looking at this list. I'm seeing Julius Randle of the New York Knicks, and I have no idea what's going on. Stephen A. Smith must be out here celebrating with confetti. I don't care. 
Julius Randle is not an All Star. Um, he is an All Star. He's been playing good. I'm happy for him. As equally as Shea should be an All Star. He's 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 performing well. I mean, Shea's on like the third worst. Shea's on the third worst team of the league, right? In the league, like third or second worst team in the league. Like New York has been performing. Knicks are 500, man. Knicks are 500. Weirder things have happened. That's crazy. What a world we're living in. What a world we're living in. Um. But, you know, looking at this list right now, of course, you've got to have Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid as starters. That makes complete sense to me. Um, And then looking at the reserves, you've got Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum, DeMontis Sabonis, and Nikola Vucevic. Okay. Um... I'm not feeling Julius Randle. I'm certainly not feeling Nikola Vucevic as well from the East. Um, but I'm trying to think of who would I take in place of these guys, mm-hmm. right? I think that's what's kind of because, of course, it's easy to look at these people and be like, oh, that's not an all star, but who would you replace them with, yeah. right? And I think that's what we, we want to talk about. In terms of starters, though, I mean, I think it's okay. I don't see anything yeah. wrong with that list I, they I, have there. I, I like the starters. I like the starters. I'm glad that there are not three Nets players on the starters. That, <laughs> would, be, that would be very painful to see and, and and would say something a lot about the balance in the league. Um, yeah. What what I'd say is like, you know, we're missing Tobias Harris on this, who has had a really good season. What? <laughs> Tobias Harris? You better stop it. You, you What? What? Why did your face react? You just said like Tobias that? Harris. We're missing Tobias Harris. Tob- We're missing Chris Middleton. What? What? Give me Julius Randle. Give me, give me MVP RJ Barrett over Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton. I'll take RJ Barrett over those guys. When he got MVP chance in the in the in the fourth quarter, get out of here talking about Tobias's three Philly players. It what? Stop it! You stop that. You you you've been making a bunch of these slick remarks about this podcast. I haven't been saying much oh in the interest God. of keeping conversation going. But you oh bringing up oh you know unbeknownst to Philadelphia haters, you shut your mouth. Our regular season sure they're doing okay. You how dare you bring up Tobias Harris? How dare you bring up Tobias Harris? You better stop that right now. You're so straight, Stephen A. Blasphemous. You're so that was upset. ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Oh my God, you're you're so replacing with Tobias Harris. What am I going to do with Tobias Harris? Oh my God. He misses Boban. Give him. Get out of here. The only reason I'd have him there is if he's paired with Boban. That'd be fun to watch. I'm not having Tobias Harris as an all Look, okay. Goodness Fred, me. Fred Van Vliet. We can agree on that one at least. Fred deserves to be oh, in here. Steady Freddy. Steady Freddy. Deserves to be in here. The, the Raptors holding strong with Lowry out. Freddy stepping up, correcting the course of this season. They went from being one of the worst teams in the league to being back where we expect them to be, right? Winning these games. I think that needs some type of recognition, whether it's going to be through uh, a coach. Uh, like nurse getting to coach the team, which is obviously his records aren't good enough for something like that. But I think steady Freddie should be in here. I think Fred Van Fleet, yeah, is definitely um, 
it's definitely missing. I feel like I would have him over. Who would I take out to put in Freddie? Look, look, Sabonis, I would put yeah. there are four players that I would put over Sabonis, and I actually like Sabonis' game, but I would put two, I do like him. Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, Fred Van Vliet, and Trey Young is I think the one of the biggest misses. Trey Young is a snub, man. One of the biggest misses. Trey Young has is that is interesting. Look I at that like, list and, and oh, Trey's not man. on it. Right? Trey's not on it. So man, man, man. Okay. That is a big miss. Sabonis and uh, how are you feeling about Vucevic? How do you feel about him being there? Uh, the Magic have been okay. Vuce always plays consistent basketball. Let him be an All Star. Different positions, right? Oh, like that's a snob. He's, he's a he's a front court he's a front court player. I get it. Like different positions, and I know Sabonis is front court as well. But dude, he's averaging twenty seven points per game. Trey Young, man. Yeah. Am it's, I reading uh, that right? Twenty six point eight. He's doing really well. Yeah, so I think the that's a big yeah, and, and I know the Hawks aren't winning a bunch of games, but that's not because of Trey. Like Trey's doing his part, right? Like Trey has one of the one of not one of the worst, but like a bottom ten number two in uh, in in John Collins. So I think I think he needs some more help, and and he needs to be rewarded in kind of like these individual responses. And these individual accolades that are all stars. Oh man, holy crap! Okay, I did not. I did not even. I completely forgot to. I was. I was thinking about that. Like, what players are we missing right now? And Trey yeah. Young is a huge snub. This man is an all star. Absolutely, he is. And and you know how you you know how you make room for for a player like Trey Young. You don't have two all-stars on the Boston Celtics. That's what you do. You get rid of the two all That team has been garbage. That team is straight garbage. They're so bad. You know, Brad Stevens is on the hot seat. Danny Ainge is on the hot seat. Jason Tatum's on the hot seat. Oh, they got Flaming Cheetos on their butts right now. Yeah, they're definitely oh in the God. hot seat. Danny Ainge, what are you doing? You know what I think he's it's doing? time we really talk about the Celtics. You know what he's doing? He's continuously squandering his war chest of assets and going on media tours to talk about how he almost pulled the trigger on this move, how I almost did that thing, and how I was proved we were really close to getting that. It's like Danny Ainge for years has just been talking about almost. And then almost. And, and 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 he's blaming their lack of success in 2021 on the fact that Kyrie Irving left. And 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 that's makes me love Kyrie even more. The fact that it really hurt them. The fact that it's 2021 and they're talking about this, not talking about how they, 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 they shipped out Rogier or how every player who leaves Boston ends up playing better. Like no one's talking about that. They're just, you know, still blaming Kyrie. Like, come on, pick it up. Danny Ainge. What has Danny Ainge done other than lucking into a ring in 2008? Oh man. No, that is, they're in the dead zone. We've talked about the dead zone for a long, long time. Danny Ainge, time is ticking, buddy. Mm-hmm. You can't just keep, you can't just keep talking about your assets and hoarding them 
like you know, like like an antique shop, just looking at them from time to time, like, oh, you're in a very everything is burning around you, but you are looking at just your treasure chest of assets. That's not going to do anything if the entire franchise is going to come down. And those assets right? continuously expire. What have you gotten out of those assets? You have Jalen Brown, you have Jason Tatum, and you have nothing. You have nothing. You have. And nothing. by the way, Mr. Ainge. Tatum and Brown are not going to do anything together. Uh, they are missing a key piece. And I think it was an analyst or an executive. I forgot who said it. But they they shared the same opinion as myself where right now, Jalen Brown and Tatum, sure, they can get you buckets, right? Don't let those stats fool you. Uh, they were just out of the playoffs not too long ago. They were ninth seed from yep. what Omar had told me. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like they're they're playing winning basketball and they're and they're outperforming their peers in any way. They're going to get you buckets, sure, but so did DeRozan and Lowry. And you know how that went with LeBron Joe. So, hey, we as Raptor fans are very familiar with this dead zone mm-hmm. and you don't want to be at that point where now you no longer have assets to play with and you're in a situation where you can't do anything and you're kind of just forced to, I can kind of compete. I'll probably get knocked out by the second round. That's not enough. You guys have way too many assets to not make something happen from it. So definitely flaming Cheetos right on your butt seat. You guys got to do something, man. My, my, my whole thing is to, to Celtics fans, what's your path forward, right? How do you get out of this? Right. And then they're going to hit me with the, Oh, in Ainge, we trust in Ainge. We trust. What has Ainge done? to build this trust in this last decade. Like like what has he actually done that is going to build your trust, right? What 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 big move has he pulled off that was going to be the one that really does it for you, right? That's like, yeah, you know what? We we believe in him or or, or something like that, right? He's just missed and he's not shot on think of all of the movement that's occurred between superstars, right? In the last three years, the last four years, think of all of the superstars that have changed teams. It's almost unprecedented, right? The level of the amount of movement that it's occurred between superstars and Boston's got none of it. They've literally gotten in on none of the action. You in the last four years, you've had LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, um, Kyrie Irving, um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, I'm I'm just continuously naming all of these stars that have changed teams and Boston's gotten none of it other than Kyrie leaving, which I love <laughs> so much. Other than Kyrie leaving. No, um, I think Boston fans are holding on to this false optimism in their GM right now. And, and I don't even think they have good reason to really believe. I'm tired of hearing about uh, Ainge fleecing this person and fleecing. Okay, sure. Yeah, you got Brooklyn. Nice. What did you do with that? What came out of it? What are we waiting for right now? Because, hey, they're only getting older. And that window is shortening, especially as other players in the East get better and better, like that of Trey Young. What are the Celtics doing? When are they going to make a move? It's about time. It's about time. Because again, as mentioned before, we are familiar with the dead zone. We know it very, very well. You never know what the Bucks are going to do in addition to having Giannis. They could pair him up with something. And now all of a sudden, your window that you had, right, when the East was kind of blown wide open, is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. And then what? You lose your assets. You've got, you know, 
sub all-star players right now mm-hmm. in the East, what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Got to figure this stuff out, Ainge. It's, it's, that's all I'm saying is a team performing that bad to not have two all-stars. And then, and, and, and there we go. But, you know, I just wanted to kind of last thing on the East here, show some love to my boy, Zach Levine, who has been killing it. He Why has, the hell is he an all-star? Man, get the hell out of here. He's like the third <laughs> leading scorer in the NBA. I saw the reaction. Go on. It's his first selection. I'm super happy for him. Kind of proving nice. all the haters wrong that, you know, everyone in their mind had Zach Levine as this tier below the, the you know, the, the upper echelon of players or whatever, right? But Zach was knocking at that door and maybe in that room now right the way he's doing it players really respect his game his ability to score and and his biggest you know weakness was his defense right but for also all 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 throughout his career that's what it's been right yeah he'll get you buckets but can he but can he defend he's done two things this season one he's shown his ability to score is at at an unprecedented level i mean he's the He's the best scorer since Michael Jordan on the Bulls, right? And, and, and that's just the reality of it, right? Which is crazy to say. 28.7 points down. So it's a couple things. One, he has taken his offensive game to new heights where it warrants any shortcomings in his defense because he's just that good, right? He's just that good now on offense. No one's gonna no one's gonna say James Harden shouldn't be an all-star because he doesn't defend well. No, because they know what James Harden can do on offense, right? He has entered that conversation. And the other side of things is he hasn't been bad on defense. He hasn't been bad on defense. He has been a neutral or a plus in key moments, but he has been a neutral. He has shown the ability to move his feet. He's despite the knee injuries, he's shown lateral quickness this season. Just watching him stay with the, the ball handler. It's been you you can't scheme around Zach Levine on defense anymore, which has been a pleasure to watch. So the Bulls are doing well. Zach's doing well. Deserves to be an all-star. Just want to make sure I show some love there. So speaking of injuries, just before we yeah. move on, um, I know Zach Levine's biggest thing, similar to Porzingis, is injury bar, you know, injury bearing. He is a phenomenal player. Yeah. Um, how's that looking? He um, has been he has been kind of great since since he since he returned, since the the you know, he has had time to work himself over the course of multiple seasons now into into shape he has elevated his game there's no lasting remnants or anything like that from his injury and he has also become a phenomenal shooter not just an explosive athlete to the point where his game has now grown beyond just relying on his athleticism which is still there it's different for big men the bigger you are unfortunately the 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 more your injury history drags with you but for right. someone like Zach Levine, he has shown the ability to get past it. And it's almost like, hey, man, that's a, it's a non-issue at this point. He is he is better than he has ever been. It, this is the best basketball he's ever played in his career. So it's just phenomenal to see. And the Bulls overall, how are they doing right now? The Let me, let me double check the standings right now. But uh, I believe they were in playoff contention, um, which is great to see. Their record is uh, fifteen and seven, so they're right up there. And fifteen and seven. So sorry, fifteen and seventeen. My my apologies. Yeah. Fifteen and seventeen. They have the eighth seed right now, and so there. I think this is a playoff season for them, right? I think barring you know any major injuries or anything like that, Donovan, uh, Billy Donovan, you know all about him. Is I think shown the ability to to really coach. Like, how do I, how would I put this? 
they were coached by possibly the worst NBA coach ever with Jim Boylan. <laughs> and now they have an NBA coach, which is which is great to see. An NBA coach is. who is empowering and playing to the strengths of his players, right? He's put Zach Levine in a position to succeed. He's putting Wendell Carter Jr. in a position to succeed. He's using marketing properly. White. Like he is he is putting his players in positions to succeed and enabling them to do the things that they're good at and to continue to develop. So overall, it's been a pleasure to watch. Billy Donovan was meant for a younger team. Um, he was not meant for a team that had like an, an already established like superstar who was kind of like aging like a Russell Westbrook, right? Like yeah. Billy Donovan, his coaching style, the reason why the Thunder picked him up in the first place is because of his accolades in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in college basketball, he is phenomenal. He's won titles. He does really well in terms of college basketball. And that I, I'm not surprised. That's the reason why I'm not surprised with how the Bulls are doing right now based off how young the team is. Billy Donovan shines with that, right? And he shines with younger players and can develop them. And I'm glad to see that, you know, he's a great he's a great coach, honestly mm-hmm. speaking. He really is a great coach. Um, he can get, he can repeat some plays. He might get a little bit lazy, but in terms of development, I think this is what the Bulls needed. And I think they got a good one in Billy D, man. I miss yeah. that guy. Yeah. It's 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 a good season overall with Philly playing as well as they are Raptors coming back and 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 the Bulls, you know, being in that playoff contention and, and hopefully finishing with the playoff seat. But, you know, this season's also had a lot of weirdness. Um, we we, oh, we no. talked about we talked about Boston. We talked about how how they're doing, how they were ninth seed a few days ago. I mean, at the time of recording. But there's a couple other things. And I think one of the big ones is dude, the Knicks are 500. Like. New York are, Knicks. Are, are we gonna see for the first time in a really long time in our recent memory the Knicks like being good? Like, am I am, am I uh, should I be hesitant in saying that? Like, are the Utah Jazz gonna win the Western Conference? Absolutely not, man. Like, come on, it's it's the Knicks, it's the Knicks. Uh, Damn, that being said, cut, though, just two fan bases shot down in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> It, you know, it's it's been surprising though, right? It's it's been surprising, and considering the history of the Knicks, I'm glad to see that they're doing something with uh, with their franchise, with that team. Um, Julius Randle, um, all jokes aside, has been performing really well. I feel like RJ Barrett has always been pushed down, but he's not a bad player, and if and it feels sad that he would get that rep before. Mm-hmm. When compared to Zion Williamson, of course he's not going to be at that level, and he is a volume shooting heavy guard. That's just who he is. But there's a lot of room for development with a player like RJ Barrett. Um, and as I mentioned before, like in the fourth quarter, he was getting MVP chance. So clearly he's performing, obviously not to the level of MVP, but the fact of the matter is the Knicks are slowly beginning to realize his value. What I'm not sold on right now is our head coach. I'm not quite sure if he's still, if, you know, if, if the coach is going to be able to utilize RJ Barrett um, to the extent that he should be being used, but Hey, who am I to say right now they're 500. The Knicks haven't touched 500 in a very, very long time. And I feel like Julius Randle has been a huge part of that as well, right? So um, I don't see them getting much better than 500. I don't see them as being like a very, you know, 
positive net positive, you know, win loss ratio type of thing. Um, but I think the level in which they're in right now, it's been a pleasant surprise. And I think it is sustainable given the level of play that Randall is performing in, RJ Barrett's performing in. It's not crazy to be like, hey, the Knicks are, this is just a fluke. I think Utah being number one was somewhat of a fluke, right? But the Knicks, where they are right now, it really just seems like it's a matter of them finally getting there with the pieces that they picked up and the pieces that they already had. Um, that's my that those are my feelings on the Knicks, man. How do how do you feel about them? Overall, I I'm I'm happy for Knicks fans. I don't think any fan base has suffered as much as Knicks fans this past yeah. decade, maybe more. That you know they uh, I'm happy for them. I think it's good for the city of New York. I I saw that video of you know Knicks fans outside MSG celebrating when they hit 500. I saw it in a tweet where it's like, bro, imagine if the Knicks won a title, like the city couldn't handle it, bro. The city would not be able it'd, to handle it. It'd be it. like Toronto, you know, the Maple Leafs winning a championship, like the Stanley Cup, yeah. right? Like yeah. that level. Of, the New York fan base is so strong, like. I know the Brooklyn Nets have KD and Irving and, and Harden, but New York is always, I feel like, just going to be a Nick, you know, for the Knicks. Always. The Madison it's Square always. Garden is always going to be for the Knicks. So they want them to succeed. They really do. Yeah. Um, you know. They've, they've gone through so much. They're they're an incredibly easy fan base to make fun of. But, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good for the league for the Knicks to be good, right? I think I think yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with with something like that, and I think it's good for the league for Boston to be bad. So, overall, you know, oh, agreed. It is, it Boston, is, time's ticking, bud. It has been great, you know. So this season in general, like if we're just thinking big picture, I know the bubble was weird, and I know there was a lot of changes. Uh, you know, a lot of weird things happened in the bubble but this season overall has has also been like incredibly weird like you have these random um i'm saying random and i know it's discounting the effort in the play but like you know utah number one knicks 500 bulls in playoff contention sixers first in the east like you have all these like things going on like it's it's weird right like to it's not how we'd imagine this season playing out Two, two years ago, if we were projecting ahead, right? I feel like that 2019 title, man, like yeah. since the Raptors, you, you know, like you, you look at it, you look at it deeper. And of course, we have another big three in the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's like an end of an era, but in a way, I also am. That Golden State dynasty that they had, them crumbling, set movements in a lot of different teams. I think understanding that, hey, we can make something happen this year. We could do something. It's not crazy to assume that we should be picking up our pieces. So while Golden State was just demolishing the league, these teams were silently making moves on the side that I think now are just cashing out. And we're seeing the efforts of that finally taking place, right? So yeah. that's those are those are my feelings with the weirdness that's going on with the league. They've been working on it. If we could see that Golden State was demolishing the league, they could see it too. The opportunity came when Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors kind of dethroned the dynasty. Injuries happened and all of that. And, you know, the cookie started crumbling. 
And now all of those things, it's almost like they're cashing out on these. They were holding on to a bunch of different assets and now they're cashing out and trying to make things happen. And I love that for the league. I don't think this new thing of James Harden and Kyrie Irving and KD is going to be a whole new era of just a bunch of big three, uh, big three teams, you know, you know, happening uh, all over again, similar to how it was in the past decade. Um, I think now it's generally going to be more parody. It's going to be more open. It could go, it could really go anywhere, right? Like eighth seed and first seed, you never know what could happen sort of thing. Like it could be a battle of matchups. And I think that's what we were missing before, you know, based off matchups, how these playoffs perform rather than, hey, this team has this superstar. They're probably going to take it all or they're running this dynasty and whatever. So I think it makes things a lot more interesting. And that's where the weirdness of the league is coming from. People just cashing in, teams just cashing in on assets that they already had. Just and go for it, right? Before. Just, just, just go for exactly. it. Exactly. I, I totally agree with you. It's, and a lot of teams come pretty damn close when they go for it, right? You have Miami that was in the NBA Finals. You have oh, they took that too. They they yeah. saw that and were like, hey, Miami did it. Yeah. Right. Hey. Honestly, I even think about the Raptors last year in the bubble, right? Like. Siakam plays a little bit better. We beat Boston. I take Toronto over Milwaukee. I take Toronto over Miami. Definitely. All of a sudden, the Raptors are in the finals. All of a sudden, the Raptors are in the finals against LA, and who knows what happens, right? I think LeBron wins. I think I think the Lakers come out on top. They're a better team. But it's crazy, right? It's crazy to think about, right? You play, you play bad for one series, you lose. Siakam plays just a little bit better. A couple of those layups go in in the bubble, and all of a sudden... I think we we out no team can scheme for Giannis better than the Raptors can, and we see that with just the just how Nick Nurse can can neutralize Embiid, right? You know that that that's 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 another thing. Like we, when we're watching Sixers and and uh, Sixers and uh, the Raptors play, everyone was like, "Oh, Mark Gasol, Mark Gasol, right?" And Gasol did a really good job on on Embiid, but. Even now when they play, the Raptors' ability to neutralize Embiid, it goes to show you it's not just a Marcus Gasol thing. This is a scheme thing. The Raptors' defense is suffocating. It's absolutely suffocating. Their ability to pick someone and say, we're going to ruin your life. We're going to ruin your life tonight. You're going to hate playing basketball. And th- their ability to do that with Giannis, their ability to do that with Embiid, their ability to do that with a lot of players in a playoff setting, that's crazy. That's crazy to see. I don't think the Raptors can beat the Nets because the Nets just have too many of those guys, right? They have too many of those guys. They're not that top heavy or sorry, they are top heavy, but they're not one player top heavy, right? But any right. team that has one player that is just leaps and bounds better than the rest, the Raptors have a as a they have a like they have a puncher's shot at, at a team like that, right? Who knows how if the Raptors match up with a Milwaukee this year or something like that, right? So the ability to just say, let's just go for it, right? And 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 to see how things play out, why not? Right? It's it's the this season, and I think it's gonna be like this until we return to some degree of normalcy. Maybe maybe fans have something to do with it, whatever it might be. But the league has been changed. We entered a new era, right? I think yeah. we we really did enter a new era of basketball, and um, I like it. Because I'm someone who enjoys watching um, matchups and and coaches going against one another rather than like seeing um, Eric Spolstra go against um, what's his name, Coach Bud 
or Eric Spolster go against Brad Stevens. These battle of coaches games mm-hmm. are so much more fun because it really makes you appreciate their way of thinking and how yeah. we, we know the value of coaches as we saw with the Raptors, right? Like a huge part of that championship run was Nick Nurse. Head coach, right? Yeah, you know, you know what's crazy? Spot had a had a quote of uh, a couple weeks ago. I think I, I'm not going to remember it entirely, but he was talking about the finals against LeBron and how he was getting out coached by LeBron. How LeBron knew Spo. LeBron knew Spo, saying like, I he would make adjustments to my adjustments to my adjustments. Like like LeBron would know. If I do this, he's going to do that. But then he's going to think I'm going to do that. So he's actually going to do that. Like, <laughs> like Spall was just in awe. Like, so he could not bluff against LeBron. He could not. He had no tricks up his sleeve or anything like that. LeBron was just so smart. And he knew him so well that he just picked apart his plan, which is which is crazy. Like, you're talking, talking about coaches, but it's that mind game. It's like a game within a game that's happening, right? You have 48 minutes. You have the team with more points at the end. They win. You have players hitting shots, dunks, layups, all these other things. You have the game that's going on, but then there's a game within the game, right? There's that. There's the. There's a. It's a. It's a. It's a game of chess while basketball is being played, and you have players like LeBron. You have coaches like Nick Nurse that are playing this game, and they're playing it really well. And I like that. I like that a lot more than this team has this star. They are going to win over this team, right? Yeah. And obviously there is still that, right? I'm not saying that it's completely gone within the league. I'm definitely not saying that. Of course, if you have superstars, but it's not as black and white anymore, right? There is potential for maybe an all-star or a couple of, uh, uh, an all-star with a couple of key role players with a great coach can beat a team that has that superstar, right? It's possible is what I'm saying now. And I love that. It's true. I think I think your biggest win condition in the NBA remains having the best player on the court. If you have the best player, you have the win condition right there. And that's just how it goes. But the scales are slowly balancing more and more towards. And maybe this is as a result of overall parity in the league where players are shifting around more and more and we have better teams. We have more teams that are good. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's advances in coaching, innovation. I don't know what it is, but your biggest win condition remains best player on the court. You have the best shot at winning normally, but you know, the scales are, scales are shifting. I love that. Uh, And that's what I've, what I've been wanting to see within the, because man, like, of course we've seen a bunch of highlights, but we always had it in the back of our heads. Oh, but I mean, golden state, right? Like it's golden state. What are you going to do? It's golden state. They have this player and that player and this player. And that's why you're low. You're you're, kind of making these mini games through, the playoff series but ultimately knowing what's going to happen in the end it's like reading a spoiler at the end it does take away from the rest of the book right like you know what's going to happen in the end but this time and last year and and last year especially um before everything that happened in the beginning of the playoffs we were confused like hey this could really go either way before we didn't know the clippers were such chokers um (laughs) right you you were wondering like hey what could Kawhi and pg do what if they really do perform well this time right and that was a question that we had so starring last year it set that up i think it got further it 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 made that even further with the miami heat going to the finals because everybody expected maybe the bucks to go or maybe the raptors to repeat whatever they denver beating the clippers denver beating the clippers just go for it just let's just go for it it. 
You have a team that you and think it gave is unbeatable. a lot of other teams. Yeah, it gave a lot of other teams that confidence to like what you just said. Go for it. Who cares? Go for it. I love that, man. I really do. Basketball is really fun when 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 you do that. Like it's different from being in the dead zone, right? It's different when you really don't have a shot, shot at, at any of this and stuff like that. And 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 that's not what you want. You want your team to have direction. But I, it's also fun to just really have a chance at going for it, right? Like yeah. I think that's uh, it's it makes basketball so much more enjoyable, and it really puts the pressure on the teams that you think are supposed to win. You have certain teams that can live up to the expectations. Shout out to the 2010 Lakers. And you have other teams that crumble, you know, shout out to the 2021 Boston Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I know you're going to be listening yeah. to this one. Ooh, I cannot wait to get your text after this is uploaded. <laughs> um, but with that, Omar, I yeah. think we could probably wrap up this episode. Honestly. A lot of good discussion on this one. Talking about, you know, it's hard to believe that within the same episode, we were talking about brother Bob, Bobby Shmurda and, and, <laughs> and, you know, what's it called? Music in general and, and robots and humanity and AI. We talked about a lot. We unpacked a lot throughout this episode and it was a lot of fun. For everybody still listening, do check us out on YouTube. We are on YouTube. You can see my beautiful room, the session, a basketball podcast. You will find if you search it up on YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe, comment, hit that like button, and also hit that notification bell. Also, we are on Apple Podcasts. Of course, give us a five-star rating and follow us on Instagram at The Session Ball. Beyond that, I've got nothing more to say. We will keep this going and we're going to continue having fun. From everyone here at the session. Cheers.